illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beej. Beej, what is Billy. up? How are you doing? Doing okay. Good. I remember remember how last week I was telling you I got my orange blowy guy. Oh yeah. To scare off the birds. Mm-hmm. So I went on Amazon and I bought a little little like plug-in device. Okay. Like, um, like a um, extension cord that it's a simple one that goes from one in to three out, but it comes with a little remote control. So, so now so. I can stand in the comfort of my own home and and push the button and turn the big orange blowy guy out without having to walk out there. So it's a splitter. Is that what that is? So it splits one into three? Yeah, but it's it's a remote control, so you can turn it on and off okay. with a remote control. So the power goes in, and then it's got a little receiver where it turns the thing on and off. So like I said, so I can sit in my home. And look out my windows in my backyard and be like, I think I need to turn the orange blowy guy on right now. And I can just flip a switch and it turns on. I'm surprised you don't have one that's Bluetooth. You could just work it off your phone. I'm not that sophisticated. I, I'm not. <laughs> a big, yeah. But you know what happens is I like all this technology and crap that goes on. They're like, oh, it always does. It's so easy to do. And I try to download some stupid app in my phone or I try to and it never freaking works. And it just pisses me off. And so I like I prefer corded stuff, but I also like direct things like I've got one little clicker and one little device and I can operate it. I get tired of having everything on my phone. Yeah. You know, it's like I go through McDonald's. I need an app. I go through Chick-fil-A. I need an app. I go through Taco Bell. I need an app like I just I just want to order like it was back in the 80s and 90s. Those were good times. You know, the only nice thing about having an app like with fast food orders 
or just anything mm-hmm. is like when Jess and the boys and I, or even just Jess and I are going somewhere who's ever not driving can get the order ready to go. I don't have that privilege though. Yeah, I know, but it just makes it easier for us. So, yeah. If you know, I had somebody, if I had somebody sitting in the passenger seat, my life would be a lot easier. Yeah. But unfortunately and, I'm trying to drive, drive and talk on the phone and order a freaking double decker taco. Yeah. And uh, actually you, I don't think they have double decker tacos anymore. I just like the but, free, I just like the points. Yeah, you know the one thing. Yeah, I do too. You know the one thing that I did go though. Chick Fil A actually remembers your order, so yeah. it's just like, do you want to order this again? I'm like, All yeah. right. Yeah, McDonald's is like that too. But they freaking cut you off. They only let you get like two Chick Fil A sauces. Like when you go in and order like a four piece, you only get two ranches, and it's like, and then I get the fries, the the waffle fries, and I'm like, I need more ranches. And you can add ranches for the for the the chicken, and you add ranches for the fries, but they only give you freaking two ranches. It's like I swear it says four on there, but I only ever get two. That's happened to me twice. Probably just ask them; they'll give it to you. Probably, but by the time I figure it out, I'm already halfway out the drive-through, and it's you know the drive-through for the new one in uh, Kaiser's way out there. So, but so so not a lot of people go to to Chick Fil A for breakfast, mm-hmm. and. Not that we get paid by anybody to do our little podcast, but, but Chick-fil-A has an amazing breakfast. And uh, and I was driving to work the other day last week, and I came – I had this epiphany, and I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before, but I'm thinking, holy crap, I now have a Chick-fil-A between home and work, which I didn't have before. And so – when I wanted Chick-fil-A for breakfast, it was usually like, oh, I got an appointment first thing up in Hillsborough in the morning. So after I'm done with my appointment at 7 or 8, I'll drive through the Chick-fil-A. Now I can do it every day. Well, the one in and, Kaiser's between you and work? Yeah. Oh, if you're going to Disney? No. No. No, I work in Sublet. Do you even know where I work? Oh, so do you go down to Salem and then cut across? Yeah. Oh, okay. How else, would I, how else would I get there? I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking you were going out like through Woodburn or something. No, well, no, I go down to, I, I go from Dundee, head kind of towards St. Paul, and then cut over there by Woodburn, hit the McDonald's in Woodburn, and then I go all the way down to, uh, uh, what is it, 22? Okay. And, uh, and then take a left towards Detroit Lake. But now I can just cool off at Kaiser and get my Chick-fil-A. And have you ever, you've had their breakfast burritos before, haven't you? Yeah, when we were down in Florida, we ate a breakfast for, at one for breakfast. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, their their breakfast burritos are good, breakfast bowls are good. Um, and that you can even do kind of a chicken McMuffin thing going on, which is pretty good. Yeah. That's what so, Peyton likes. And, yeah. And I highly recommend the jalapeno salsa they have for their breakfast burritos. It's freaking fantastic. So there you go. If you haven't tried Chick-fil-A breakfast, uh, now's your chance. <laughs> we need to get a sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I want to thank. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Chick-fil-A needs us promoting them at all. I think they got enough, enough customers as it is. Pretty much. So the purpose of a legal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, Chick-fil-A, and everything else we find interesting every week. <laughs> we'll remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other podcatchers. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. And Beach, guess what? What? We got another email. Was it from Kyle again or somebody that matters? It was from listener Ray. Ray? Ray, yeah. That's a new listener. Is that, are we into double digits or are we like past double, are we like into like 11 now? Well, here, let me read it to you. Okay. Here's what he says. Long time listener here. I think about 10 years. 
Holy crap. I first heard about you guys back in the pure orange days and your fun countdowns. So he's talking about the old pure orange.net message boards. And I used to, Mm -hmm. if you guys know my countdowns, that's where they started. Was back in that. And and pure orange has been down for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. There is a pure orange Facebook page, but it's not the same thing as the orange was the old pure orange.net. But anyways, Ray continues. Tonight was my first quote-unquote home game that I've missed in probably 20 years. I share your views of PDX and didn't want to go either. It felt weird watching from home, and I'm glad we came out ahead. Montana State is no pushover. Some notes on the game. It was nice to see the backups get some time on the field. Our special teams giveth and taketh away. We need some help here. Field goals. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this week's podcast. Let's give USC a proper send-off. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Ray. But then he includes a PS. P.S. Do either of you know of a free Beaver Sports message board that isn't Benny's house? That place has degraded over the years into a political circle jerk with just a handful of active, condescending members left. (laughs) So I know of Benny's house. I'm registered there. I rarely post there just because I didn't particularly care for the interface. And not all the... I really love Pure Orange when that was an active message boards because I liked a lot of the guys on there. Mm-hmm. Beaver Tail Wap, Beaver Mobile. Um, just, is Beaver Mobile still is Beaver Beaver Mobile still around? No, Beaver Mobile passed away a few years ago. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, but um, no. So there there was a lot um, of guys that posted on there, and I really enjoyed it. But it's been gone for a number of years now, and I don't know of really any other active message boards. Otherwise, I'd tell you. See, and 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 on the old Beaver, uh, Pure Orange, there there was one about football. There was one about basketball. There was one about baseball. There was one about women's sports. And they had one that was called The Porch. And so The Porch was for anything that wasn't sports-related. So if you started talking about politics or something, you were always mm-hmm. told to take it to The Porch. So if you wanted to go talk about the other crap, you took it to The Porch. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, I always, always appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, and I, most people on here probably don't know Beaver Mobile, but if you're back in the day, um, Beaver Mobile was a guy who was a uh, car salesman, and he had an old van that he made up into the Beaver Mobile and drove it around to a number of Beaver games back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Had a big goalpost on the back, didn't it? Yep, had a mannequin on top, and it was great. It was great, um, but he sold a lot of used vehicles and he has a hilarious story about uh, Christmas. And, and basically I'll, when it comes to Thanksgiving beach, the week after, um, mm-hmm. or maybe we'll do it the week of Thanksgiving, maybe the week of civil war. I, I will read it cause he wrote it out okay. and he's passed on now, but it uh-huh. is, it is just hilarious. It is, is it just a story of him? It's a story uh, uh, that he told of something that he did around Christmas with a used okay. car he sold. Okay. And it's it's funnier than hell. And so when it gets there, I'll, I'll tell it because you'll laugh your ass off. Okay. Make sure you put this in our itinerary for the future. I, here. I, will, I don't want to I will. Just... I will. Okay. I've got a bookmark because I just read it every once in a while and I crack up every time I read it. It's, it's reminds funny. me. It makes me feel like, uh, remember Mark and Brian used to do the old Yule log? Oh, yeah. Did, didn't they and they they'd play uh, Alice's Restaurant or something like that. Well, the the you know, the Yule Log was actually a Disney recording. 
Okay. Because that's um. Oh, that's the guy that did. He did a lot of voices for Pete Renaday. Okay. Is, is, is the father in the in the dropping of the Yule log? Okay. But yeah. Okay. Every, every every Christmas they drop the Yule log, and yeah. Christmas Eve is probably the most exciting night of the year for children everywhere. At our house, the ritual is always the same. Mom hurries dinner out of the way so that the festivities can begin. First, I lay a fire in the fireplace. I pride myself on the way I lay a fire. To begin, I crinkle newspaper to put under the grate. Then I put in the kindling, breaking the sticks into the proper lengths. Then I bring in the Yule log and put it in the grate. That's the biggest log we've ever had, Dad. Yeah, and the heaviest, too. I'll try to see I if I can Mark find that. Yeah, hard to believe they've been off the air for what? Probably 10 years or better now? Getting pretty close. Uh, Mark has his own what? podcast with his wife. Okay. Well, when you said Brian was doing one with Aaron Moran, or no, was it Aaron Moran? No, uh, or... uh, Jill Whalen. She was oh. uh, uh, the daughter, Vicky from Love Boat. Love Boat, that's right. Yeah, but that, that right. only went on for a little bit. They did it for maybe a year when okay. they went off the air. Mark started one with his wife that went on for a while, but then he went back on the air down in California for a little bit with hmm. Mark in the morning. Uh, but that only lasted a couple of years and now he's back to doing his podcast with his wife, but they only do it one day a week now. Okay. They do it on Fridays. It comes out. Um, although they take time off because they just both became grandparents. I don't know why we're talking about this, but anyways, yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll log it's, it's how we get in the weeds so often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The dropping of the Yule log. Well, well, I'd like to thank Ray for writing in and being a listener for 10 years. Maybe we should get like a 10-year listener pin. We should get pins, Billy. That's what we need. Heinrich Tailgater pins. All right, go ahead. All right, I'll look into that. <laughs> All right, BJ, talk a little bit of Beaver Sports News. Uh, yes, please, Billy. What do we got? Are we going to start with uh, women's volleyball? Because I'm already ready for the butt. Well, Beach. I got to get this name right again. Izzy Zulcieski led the Beaver volleyball squad with a double-double performance. But it was not enough as Oregon State was defeated in straight sets by LSU on Friday night at Fogelman Arena down at Tulane. Then, Beach, on <sighs> Saturday morning at Fogelman, the combination of Nursina Baluglu and Izzy Zulcieski were too much for Tulane to overcome as the Oregon State volleyball team picked up a 3-1 to victory to close non-conference action over Tulane. Well, at least they're getting more action than I am. The Bees return to Guild Coliseum to pack a 12 play against in-state foe Oregon on Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday, that's tomorrow. For a service set for 7 p.m. So we're 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 popping our cherry for the season with Oregon as our first uh, in-conference team. Yep. Wow. A little bit of a little bit of the uh, Civil War rivalry series, formerly known as the Civil War. Yes, that's right. The the rivalry series, formerly known as the Civil War. Correct. 
Yeah. Because we can't call it Civil War anymore. Oh, because that's bad. You, you know, I was just – well, uh, we, I guess we'll talk about this when we get to the uh, – talk about the game. Um, but, yeah. Okay, never mind. All right. I was... <laughs> so next up is women's soccer. And actually, there's no women's soccer news this week. They didn't have any games. Their next home game is this coming Friday versus Washington State at 6 p.m. Hmm. Where, and where? At home. At, at, oh, at home? Okay. Yep, yep. At Paul Lorenz Field. Okay, cool. All right. Anything okay. else? Uh, a little bit of men's soccer. Okay. Do they play? The Oregon State men's soccer team took a 1-0 victory over Seattle Thursday evening at Paul Lorenz Field in Corvallis. Dante Williams scored his second goal of the season, putting the Beavers in front just before halftime off an assist from Ellis Spickner. Now, the Beavers will hit the road on Tuesday night, which is tonight, as you're listening to this, to face Denver. Denver? Denver. The University of Denver? Correct. And let's finish it off with a little bit of cross-country news. We don't talk a lot of cross-country. But Tegan Knox. What was that? Oh, I said it's kind of running through the fields and stuff. But, yeah, it is a sport, I suppose. <laughs> Tegan Knox won her first collegiate race and led four Oregon State runners in the top ten as the Beavers won the Ash Creek Invitational. Eight of nine Beavers uh Running made their collegiate debuts on Friday, and OSU had seven runners under 19 minutes and eight top 35 individual finishes. Now, the Bees have two weeks to continue training before traveling south to the Dellinger Invitational in Springfield. Springfield? Oregon. Okay. A lot of Springfields in the country, Bill. Just had to clarify. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Billy? Yeah, Bees. Hey, hold on. On. Steady. steady, 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 steady. Billy. Yes, Beej. This just in. Oregon student section issues apology after viral video of profane chant toward BYU. Eugene, Oregon, the University of Oregon's official student section apologized for the offensive chant that was directed at BYU players, fans, and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. As the BYU Cougars faced off against Oregon Ducks, video footage shows University of Oregon fans shouting profanity at BYU fans. Religious bigotry, alive and celebrated in Oregon, wrote Governor Spencer Cox in a tweet uh, in uh, response to the actions. Uh, For those who do not know, their chant was the Mormons. Less than two hours after Governor Spencer Cox tweeted his reaction, the official account known as Oregon Pit Crew issued an apology. To all BYU football fans in attendance at today's game, we would like to apologize for the actions of the students in attendance. We do not condone or support any hateful speech directed towards one's religion and are ashamed of those who participated. The official University of Oregon's Twitter page also responded to the incident by saying the University of Oregon sincerely apologizes for an offensive and disgraceful chant coming from the student section during yesterday's game against Brigham Young University. These types of actions go against everything the university stands for, and it goes against the spirit of competition we can and will do better as a campus community. That has no place for hate, bias, or bigotry. Before the game, this was interesting. Before the game, again, to these 
terrible Mormons, according to the state, the University of Oregon fans. Uh, before the game, BYU players exited the tunnel carrying an Oregon flag bearing Spencer Webb's name number carried by Kingsley Sumatea, Webb's former teammate at the University of Oregon. Webb passed away after falling and striking his head on rock uh, on uh, rock slides at a popular swimming uh, lake near Eugene, Oregon. So here, BYU actually celebrates an Oregon player, and they get mocked at Hudson. And um, I, you know, Billy, I just have a lot of the, the, the world of social media somebody sits there and he writes on there I represent the student section uh, and I'm going to apologize on behalf of all these players who the hell are you you know are you the guy that took the Facebook name and acts as if you're the representative for a bunch of freaking morons that are in that that uh, that student section and the mob mentality is just pathetic in my point of view and again I don't mind good natured mocking you know but to say F the Mormons is just really rude. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a Mormon. I do have some Mormon friends. But there's a hell of a lot. If, if you're looking at just ribbing the other team, there's a hell of a lot funnier ways you can do it and, and mock another group than to just chant F some people, uh, especially after the garbage that they just had to go through last week. Do you have thoughts on this? Well, Beach, let's move right into the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> a jackass of the week award. Ever like, like discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being the fans? And obviously, Beach, this week we're going to give it to the jackasses in the Oregon student section that were chanting this. Now, let's be completely truthful here. I've seen the video of it. It was a handful of dipshits, right? It wasn't yes. the whole student section. It was a handful of dipshits. Um, and, and, yeah, I agree with you. I'm all for giving people crap. I mean, hell, just mm -hmm. listen to you and I on this, on this, uh, on our podcast. Or, heck, sit around the dinner table with Jess and the boys and myself, you know. We're, mm -hmm. all, we're always, you know, getting little digs at each other. But, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, this, this, that, what they were doing was uncalled for especially after like what you said that BYU had run onto the field with one of their players carrying an Oregon O flag to, mm -hmm. to help commemorate um, his past teammate who had passed away. They also laid flowers at the four yard line in memory of Spencer Webb. Cause that was his number. Yeah. So anyway, so you go out and do that and then just start shouting. Yeah. F F this group. That's, and again, it's it's not even original or classy or humorous, right? It's just foul. Yeah. Just foul. Exactly. And, and again, I, I swear on occasion, but I'm not going to make a chant out of it. Yeah, <laughs> especially like that. Yeah. My, my, yeah. my other problem with it is, you know, yeah, and then you do have all these people like, well, we, all, we, don't, we don't condone this. Of course you don't. Who the hell would? Yeah, right? exactly. But the, the problem with it is, what I don't and, and there's a little bit of talking about it, but not much. You know, where 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 the news is talking about it. Whereas opposed mm -hmm. to a few weeks ago when a Duke volleyball player claimed that a BYU fan 
was constantly calling her the N-word every time she served. Which, and then that person, what, what was her relation? She had an aunt or somebody who was a congressman? Her, her, a aunt, her aunt is running for office, and she's the one that said it. Yeah, she, she, she goes out and said, my, my niece is being mocked by BYU. Yeah, and, 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 and BYU was like, oh my gosh, you know, we can't believe this. So they did a full investigation, investigated all sorts of... Uh, well, well, supposedly vid- they found the, the student... Yeah, and, and they, they and they booted the him. Out. And then yeah. and then they did an investigation and uh, looked at all the video footage and everything, and there was nothing there. Yeah, they said they 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 pulled up all the video, all the audio, everything they could pull. And and, and also was, interviewed everyone that sat around him. Yeah. And nothing. And and there was, yeah. But of course, everybody was there to report the incident. As soon as it went viral with that one gal. Yeah. All the news media jumped on it. And then when they found out that then BYU BYU comes out and apologizes for it, and then they come out and they're like, "Yeah, we did the investigation. The the it just is untrue." And Duke, I think, made comments about it. They're they're the university actually made comments, they, and they never they never they apologized. never rescinded their, They never apologized for it. The gal who claimed it never apologized for it. Nor did the 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 uh, the person running for office, yep. her aunt. Yep. Never, never. And it was her that started it. Correct. And again, one tweet goes this viral because, oh, my God. And and there's no validation. Everybody's quick to post with no validation whatsoever in the claim. Mm-hmm. And 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 what I was listening to this. There was something that I was listening to. Um, there's a guy who does a podcast um, and it was called it was like, wait for uh, wait to verify something to that extent. I can't remember the yeah. name of his podcast. Um, but it essentially says, don't post stuff until you know what you got. Yeah. You know? And, um, well, and like this one with, with the Oregon students, at least you could see it. It was right there. Yeah. Yeah. There was no doubting what they were saying, but, but what, and was this, was, was the stupidity of the Oregon people based upon what quote, quote, BYU did, uh, against Duke. Even if it was, was even if it was, what, Still not justified. No, no, no. But uh, I, I, I thought, uh, I, again, I thought it was lovely, though, what what the what the governor of what uh, Spencer Cooks, the governor of Utah, said religious bigotry alive and celebrated in Oregon. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. and, and like they said, they could have imagine if they would have said, you know, like F the Jews or F the Muslims, you know, and. It would have it would have had more impact than than F the Mormons, you yeah. know, it, I think by news newspaper standards. Uh, probably. Yeah. 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 I don't think they, they view the, the Mormon faith as uh, being a persecuted group. So that's because that's funny. What? Well, nobody knows. You know, we talk about not talking about history. Mm-hmm. There, there's a little bit of history. Nobody oh. talks about the Mormon wars. No, I was just talking to my friend Becky, who's my is Mormon. Uh, when I was driving back from from dinner tonight, I, I gave her a call really quick and said, "Hey, we're going to have BYU. We're going to talk about BYU on the podcast tonight," and uh, and that's what we talked about. I mean, they're the only religion that has been attacked by the U.S. government. Yeah, had the army had the cavalry come after them. 
Yeah. And, and again, the, the, the Mormon church was not innocent in it. I mean, they had that moment where they attacked a, a wagon train that was coming into the Utah territory at the time. Mm-hmm. Because uh, weren't they trying – Utah, The I think it was Brigham Young actually wanted to make Utah a religious state. And the, the federal government said you couldn't, and then they started to promote non-Mormons to go into Utah, and I believe the Mormons were told to attack them. I think Brigham Young actually, or somebody higher up in the church, actually promoted um, uh, attacking those those groups of uh, – of, um, well, I don't know if – anyway, and they actually killed a bunch of people. Well, yeah, but the Mormon War was actually in uh, Missouri. Oh, that first one? Yeah. And okay. there was also the Utah War. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I, I, you know, everybody has different faiths and religions and, and, uh, and some people have none, but, but, uh, you, you still, the, the history of them is, is quite fascinating. You know, it was funny cause I was talking to dad here the other day and, uh, it's funny that they won't teach religion in schools. Um, but dad, our, our dad, Paul, he went to, uh, uh, parochial high school and it was uh, a Lutheran high school and they actually went to several different uh, I think they went to a Jewish and then Catholic and then a couple of Protestant religions during their religion class mm-hmm. to learn about the other faiths and and uh, uh, somebody else I was talking to, oh my my friend Dunny her mom went to a uh, Catholic school and uh they wouldn't send them to a Protestant because they were feared that the Protestants would try to convert them. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but again, you know, the, the, the more you know about, about religion and the history and, and why they are the way they are gives you a better understanding of the world, whether or not you have, you don't have to agree with a religion to understand its history. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, just interesting about how Jewish people became the 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 money lenders in society you know you, you read the book what was Shylock in was that um the merchant of venice is correct. that right correct yeah you know and and he was known as the jewish money lender but one of the reasons why people of of um, jewish faith tended to, to gravitate towards banking was the fact that in the early christian church jesus taught that usury was wrong so and and it was viewed as the early christians that any charging of interest on money is wrong so nobody in the Christian faith could could would want to lend money because there's no interest charge. And since uh, the Jews didn't have that same faith, they became the money lenders of society. And, you know, it kind of helps you get an understanding of why certain groups of people gravitated towards certain industries, you know. And still to this day, the, there's a lot of Jewish bankers out there. So, and again, nothing bad about it. It's just history. But anyways, right yep, yeah. for this for this long thing, for those uh, jackass Oregon students who decided to just, you know, show it all for everyone to see on video, this week's Jackass of the Week Award. <laughs> is for you. Is is this the first time anybody from the U of O has gotten the Jackass of the Week Award? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm sure I'm sure other people have gotten it. Okay. I'm it's sure. been a while though. I'm sure. You know, cuz we this podcast has been going for this is season 11. 
what episode are we? Uh, 179, I believe. So this has been going oh, for so, a, yeah. 11 seasons. So you know old Chip Kelly had to get a couple. Probably. Was Bilotti a coach back then, too? Or did no, he start after no, Bilotti left? after Bilotti. Okay. Yeah, so you know Chip Kelly got a couple. Yeah, too bad we couldn't have given him one this week, too, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. So. All righty, Beach. All right, Beach. Are you ready to go under further review for week number three in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right, Beach. So heading into week three, uh, Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle was at 14 out of 21. You were at 16 out of 21, and I was at 17 out of 21. And I think we had 10 games this week. All right. So first up, we had South Alabama at USC. Green Bow. Alabama. That's what I was thinking. Green we Bow, all pick- Alabama. Jenai. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Ukla. We all picked Ukla. We all picked no good bitch tips. Chip Kelly to to beat Alabama. So how did they do, Billy? Because well, I didn't watch the game. South Alabama. That's a hell of a lot different than Alabama. Well, Beach. Yeah, they're all. There isn't Alabama in the South. Isn't it all South? Pretty much. UCLA yeah. escaped with a 32 to 31 victory at the Rose Bowl after Nicholas Barmira's 24 yard field goal on the final play of the game. Now UCLA got the chance to drive for a game winning field goal because it was able to diagnose and blow up a fake field goal attempt. Facing fourth and two on the UCLA 22, South Alabama lined up for a 39-yard field goal attempt by Diego Guajardo. Instead of allowing the junior to a chance to extend the lead to five, Coach K. Womack rolled the dice. Holder and third-string quarterback Tanner McGee shifted into a shotgun formation, but he couldn't find an open receiver and was sacked for an 11-yard loss by Carl Jones Jr. UCLA took over with 2.52 remaining at the 33-yard line and went 61 yards in 10 plays. Wow. So it's kind of weird because UCLA is 3-0, Beach, but they've beaten Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. Hmm. I believe all at home, too. And very and very close games on all of them. Yeah, they, they were really close against Alabama State last week. Hmm. So... Either they have the ability to just barely win or they're not very good and they're just barely winning. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not a very compelling out-of-conference slate there. All right, so we all got the win there. It'll be interesting to see how they do when they go up against Pac-12. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do when they go up against Pac-12 people. It'll be this week. All right, next up, Cal at Notre Dame. We all picked Notre Dame on this one, Billy. How did that turn out? Well, Beach, Drew Pine passed for two touchdowns on 150 yards in his first career start, and Notre Dame overcame numerous mistakes to hold on to beat Cal 24-17 Saturday. The Irish outscored Cal 10-0 in the fourth quarter to avoid becoming just the third Notre Dame squad to start a season 0-3. Now, the Bears drove down to the Notre Dame 22 midway through the fourth quarter but couldn't get any closer. Quarterback Jack Plummer threw three straight incompletions, then was sacked by Isaiah Foskey for a 10-yard loss with 6.30 left. So, Billy, did uh, the fans, uh, did the Cal fans, did they start chanting F the Catholics, or is that just what the Ducks do? I think that's just what the Ducks do. (laughs) Speaking of that beach, 
Oh, wait. So okay. We, all right. We all got the win there. Moving so, on. Next up, BYU at Oregon. Okay. Well, I, I watched this game. I cried. Um, let's go on. Well, Beach, the Oregon Ducks dominated number 12 BYU behind a big game from quarterback Bo Nix and won the top 25 showdown 41 to 20. Now, Nix finished 13 of 18 for 222 yards and two TDs. And the UVO quarterback also rushed for three more TDs as the Ducks built a 38 to 7 lead and rolled from there. Disappointing. Yeah. We were so we were so close to a perfect week. Yeah, I just uh yeah, they just really got out. They just got out in front of BYU and never let up. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think the um I think BYU is better than what the score uh stated. Yeah. So that's always been kind of an Oregon thing. Jump on them early and not let them up for air. Yeah. So. Okay. We all got a win there. Still curious on how Oregon's going to do the rest of the season. I just don't think they're as good as their ranking says they are. We will see. Yeah. Next up, okay. Colorado at Minnesota. We all picked the screaming Eagles of Minnesota state, Billy. Well, it's Minnesota and they're the golden gophers but you like your tv so i understand <laughs> you know i wonder if anybody who listens to us all like 11 people i wonder if any of them remember the tv show coach and the fact that he was the coach of the minnesota state screaming eagles well right now i'm playing the minnesota state screaming eagles fight song behind us oh that's good because i played that in one of the very first podcasts we ever <laughs> recorded because <laughs> you brought this up back then yeah, well, you know, and Ray probably remembers it because he's been listening for 10 years. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, Beach. So uh, Minnesota running back Mo Ibrahim ran for three touchdowns. Tanner Morgan threw for three more. And the Minnesota Gophers defense stifled the Colorado Buffaloes 49-7 to on Saturday. Now, the Gophers wow. offense ranked first in FBS in total yards and seventh in points scored entering the week. Racked up 500 yards, including 349 yards in a 35-point first half. The starters scored touchdowns on six of their eight drives, and the Buffaloes' offense managed just 227 yards for themselves, 136 of which came in the fourth quarter, with Minnesota's starters out of the game. Colorado is bad. You know, I, I mean, yeah. Carl Carl Durrell, their head coach. I do not know why they hired that guy. He was beyond crummy at UCLA. I don't know why Colorado thought they could retread him, but they are just not wasn't, good. Wasn't Colorado good just a few years ago? Uh, they had a couple. They, good, be- they had a couple good seasons. And what happened to that coach? Just not enough, and they let him go. Yeah. Well, that was apparently a bad decision. Yep, and hiring Carl Durrell was not a good one either. Anyways, we all got the win there. All right, BJ, up no, next. Colorado. I say the two, two, two wrongs don't make a right. No. Three, three lefts do. Yeah, that's, that's what I always say. <laughs> um, Colorado State at Washington State. Um, Colorado State, we all picked Wazoo on this one. How did the Kooks do, Billy? Hope the other the other group of Kooks. Well, Beach, Cameron Ward threw for 292 yards and four touchdowns Saturday as Washington State pounded Colorado State 38-7. Washington State scored on its first four possessions to put the game away early. 
Ward completed 26 of 36 passes and was intercepted once. Donovan Ollie and DeJon Stribling each caught two touchdown passes. Hmm. So, yeah, 38-7. And then again, and even though they're not in our league, Colorado State's not very good. Okay, maybe maybe Colorado and Colorado State should be playing. It probably should. That'd be a good game to watch. Game of ugly <laughs> football. All right, so we all got the win there. So we all just missed the BOA. We're all looking pretty good so far. Next, well, we all picked the same teams at this point. Now we get some variety here. All right, Beach. Next up, Michigan State at Washington. You picked Michigan State while Kyle and I picked the Huskies. Uh, I think I was picked mainly because they're at home. How do they do there at, up in Seattle, Billy? Well, Beach, Indiana transfer quarterback Michael Penix Jr. is glad he came to UW to reunite with his old offensive coordinator, Kalen DeBoer. Penix and the Huskies were dominant in a 39-28 win over the Spartans that was not as close as the final scores may indicate. Penix, who threw for 397 yards and four TDs in the win, was locked in from the start. He threw a touchdown on Washington's first drive of the night and led the Huskies to another early in the second quarter. By halftime, Washington built a 29-8 lead with Penix tossing three touchdown passes in the process. Hmm. So, yep. U-Dub picking it up. Nice. That means I'm tied with you at the moment. All right. We'll see if we'll see if that lasts. Next up, San Diego State at Utah. The suspense is terrible. I hope it lasts. Um, the uh, okay. We all picked. Uh, we all picked the Utes on this one. The Utes. Utah quarterback Cam Rising threw for 224 yards and a career-high four TDs in three quarters to help number 14 Utah route San Diego State 35 to 17 on Saturday. Now Rising is the first Utah quarterback since 2017 to pass for 200 or more yards in the first three games of the season. The Utes forced a pair of turnovers and scored touchdowns following both takeaways. Hmm. So, yep, 35-7. No, another dominant game for uh, the Pac-12 team. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see how Utah comes in uh, this year yep. once we start playing, playing Pac-12 competition. Yep. Okay, uh, we've got a couple more games here. Next up, Fresno State at USC. You know, um, I watched this game. I was disappointed in this game. I really thought uh, we were going to see Fresno State uh, do something good. So you and Kyle took Fresno. I took USC. Yep. USC quarterback Caleb Williams threw for 284 yards and two touchdowns and also ran for two more scores. Travis Dye and Austin Jones each ran for more than 100 yards as the Trojans beat Fresno State 45-17. to Now, Williams completed 25 of 37 passes for the Trojans, who have scored at least 45 points in each of the first three games for the first time since 2005. Now, Dye had his second straight 100-yard game with 102 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown, while Jones had 12 carries for 110 yards and a score. Now, Fresno State suffered a big loss, uh, bigger than actually just losing the game. Quarterback Jake Hayner was carted off in the third quarter with what Coach Jeff Tedford said was a, quote, high ankle sprain. But everything I read is more than that. Broken leg? Yeah, a lot of people think he's pretty much done for the year. Like, so they, that they sucks. You're not even playing in conference play, and you're already done for the season. Yep. Yep, so that just kind of that's just tough. But uh, I got high the high ankle spring. Yeah. <laughs> um I got the win there. You and Kyle did not. Next up, North Dakota State at Arizona. 
you guys pick you and Kyle both pick North Dakota State. Now I've picked the Wildcats. I'm I'm curious. I did not watch this game nor ever heard the outcome. So how'd that one turn out, Billy? Arizona became the first FBS school since 2009 to beat North Dakota State, rallying to down the Bison 31 to 28 on Saturday night at Arizona Stadium. Jacob Cowing's 22-yard catch from Jaden Delora with 4:53 left was the game winner a score that capped a 10-play, 78-yard drive, which came after the Wildcats stuffed the Bison on fourth and short inside the Arizona 25-yard line, one of the few times they were able to slow down North Dakota's run game. Now, Arizona was outgained 407 to 394, allowing 283 rushing yards and plenty of chunk plays, many by North Dakota fullback Hunter Lubke, who ran for 115 yards and two TDs, and had three catches for 65 yards and a score. But Arizona was mistake-free on offense with no turnovers for the first time this season, and Delora was nearly flawless after throwing three interceptions the week before. Wow. Good for Arizona. Yep. So they picked the win there, and so did you. Good job, Beach. And last up for our picks this week, we had Eastern Michigan at Arizona State. Now, did we? I, I wrote down uh, Beach and Kyle picked Arizona State. Who'd you pick, Billy? I took Arizona State also. Okay, I didn't write my note down on that one. So, okay, so, yeah, I have so how'd that one turn out? Well, Beach, Eastern Michigan running back Samson Evans had 96 yards by halftime as the Eagles never trailed and posting the Mid-American Conference's first victory ever over a Pac-12 team. Eastern Michigan scored on four of its first, four of its five first-half possessions, with only an interception stopping the Eastern offense. Arizona State, meanwhile, didn't get a first down until late in the first quarter, when they were already behind 10 to nothing. Now, Zazavian Valade's 44-yard touchdown run with 10.48 to play cut Eastern Michigan's lead to 27-21 early in the fourth quarter. But Arizona State never really threatened after that. Wow. Was this expected? Uh, I don't know. I mean, none of the three of us expected it. But, yeah. Beej, on that note, this afternoon, Arizona State uh, parted ways with head coach Herm Edwards. Really? Yeah. As Arizona State announced, they were, quote, making a change in leadership by mutual agreement. Wow. Yep. So I'm guessing it wasn't an expected. Uh... Well, Edwards, first of all, the whole hiring of Edwards five years ago was weird. And they said they were going to try and run their football program more like an NFL team than a college. Than a college team. And it was always kind of weird how they set it up. Mm-hmm. And then they've been under um, NCAA investigation because of some recruiting possible violations that happened during COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, seeing people out of, out of the, yep. The, ex, the expected times or. Yep. And, and he lost five full-time coaches last year, including both coordinators. And then last, wow. and then after last season, their best quarterback, running back, defensive lineman, and linebacker, and top two wide receivers 
all transferred out of the program. Wow. Yep. So the, and the weird so part he, about he, it was so he was he, he was not making friends or influencing people at all. Yep. So the weird part about it is the um, the Arizona State uh, athletic director. His name was. His last name's Anderson. I'm trying to figure out his first name. Can't remember his first name, but. He was, Anderson was Herm Edwards' agent when he was a pro coach. Okay. Which was kind of weird. So he, yeah. he, he hired his former client. Yeah. And when they hired Edwards, he hadn't coached football at all since like 2008. And he hadn't worked college football since 1989. So. Really? Yeah. So anyways, weird. It was just weird. Just odd. You know, Edwards finished with a winning percentage of 565, which is less than that of Todd Graham, who were replaced. Yeah. So. It's just, uh, just odd. Whole yeah, odd thing. Very. So he's gone. All right, Beach. So after last week, let's see. I think I won seven games. You won eight. Kyle also had. No, Kyle had. No, no, I I, six. I show. Okay, yeah. Kyle had six. So you and I are tied at twenty out of thirty-one, and Kyle has twenty-three out of thirty-one, and Kyle has twenty out of thirty-one. Okay. Okay. All right. All righty. So uh, let's keep moving on here. Let's look at the Pac-12. Oh, wait. We still got to talk about the Oregon State game. Ha-ha. Almost forgot about that. Our last game of the week, Beach, Montana State (laughs) versus Oregon State. The the whole purpose of the tailgate (laughs) of our podcast. I forgot about it. Montana State versus Oregon State. What did you think? I'm sure you watched the game. I, I did watch the game. I was over at mom and dad's house since they get the Pac-12 network, and uh, and uh, I thought we looked good. Um, there were some moments where our special teams failed, uh, but there were other teams where other times when the special teams did incredibly well. Um, I think we're looking uh, like we should be having a fairly good year. Okay, and and just so everyone knows, I was actually working during the game. Um, I was listening to Parker on the radio on an earbud and I had the game streaming in the office. So if there's something I wanted to go watch, I could hustle over there and check out the play really quick. But uh, let's talk about it, Beach. Quarterback Chance Nolan threw for four touchdowns and ran for a fifth to lead the Beavs, who racked up 540 yards of offense as the Beavs downed the Bobcats 68-28 to Saturday night in Portland. That was the first meeting between the schools and OSU's first game in Portland since 1986. Wide receiver Anthony Gould caught a pair of touchdown passes and returned a punt for another score for the Beavs, who are 3-0 to open the season for the first time since 2014. So there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, Beach, this was the first meeting between the schools. Did you know that they were actually scheduled to meet once before? No, I did not. When would that have been, Billy? 
2001. And why didn't they meet in September 11th? Correct. They were scheduled to play Montana State that second week. So that would have been the like the 15th or the 16th, uh-huh. whatever that Saturday was. But September 11th happened on Tuesday, and uh, the game got canceled. Now, Michigan, uh, Miss, I mean, uh, Montana State had actually called and said, you know, tell us what we need to do. If we're going to play the game, we can bust down. Because remember, all air traffic was grounded. That, well, you, you know, it's, it's funnier to bring this up because I was just thinking about that. I'm like – how many games did we miss with September 11th, or did we really miss any? Only one. So that game was, was, um, it was, it was quote unquote postponed. It was canceled. Now the Beavs ended up making up the game at the end of the season after Civil War. Um, the Beavs played uh, Northern Arizona. They played the Lumberjacks at Reeser. Just to get an extra game in to, for... to, to fill out the schedule. Yeah. Wow. So all those games got canceled. Yeah. So, but yeah, so That's they were, kinda... they were scheduled to, to play then. And like I said, Montana state had said, you know, if we need to bust down, we will, but then everything just got scrapped. So, yeah, well, everything was so messed up at that point in point in time. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I can remember vividly, uh, it's September 11th, but I couldn't tell you what happened to the football season at that point in time. Yeah. I, I never, I didn't, yeah, it's, it's totally out of my head. Yep. Anyway, wow. You know what shocked me, Bill? And I know this is kind of a stupid comment, but I I went to a Timbers game like 15 years ago or something. A gal invited me on a date or something to go to a Timbers game. And normally I'm not a big fan of soccer, but, you know, it's a date, so I might as well go. And um, at that time, Civic Stadium still looked like Civic Stadium. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a base, it was PG park, I think at that time still. And I remember going in there thinking, oh, wow, because they'd added a bunch of stuff to make it look more like a baseball park. Right. Yeah. With the big green signs and the innings and all that. And, and I haven't seen it since. And then when I'm watching the game on Saturday night, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going, where am I looking at? You know, like it, it, what, what side of the stadium is this? Is this the end zone? Is this the old side? And my dad's like, no, that's, that's the, it used to be the cheap seats out yeah. in the outfield. Yeah. They and brought like, they brought it into field level. Well, that that's what I told him. I said, can they even play baseball there anymore? And dad's like, no, it's strictly a football slash soccer stadium now. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea that they filled that whole outfield in with, with stadium seating. Yeah. They brought it all the way in. Yeah, it's huge. What you need to do is be able to look at it and see where the athletic club is on the one end. That's what I kind of look to get my bearings on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. no, that they added a huge, that's huge. Yeah. So, but I guess if you're a soccer fan, the Timbers have done well over the last few years. So that's probably what's paid for it. Yeah, I don't care. So it's soccer. I don't well. care. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that also explained to me. And then I thought, well, that must be why um, they added that uh, the baseball stadium out at the Hillsborough Stadium yeah. complex Yeah, was because they couldn't play baseball. I, I thought it was just a choice. I thought, oh, m- maybe they're just wanting to move it out to Hillsborough. I didn't realize that they moved baseball out to Hillsborough because Portland really doesn't have a baseball field anymore. Nope. Not 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 of any kind of stadium that you could have people sit in. Correct. So but uh, no, uh, like I said I. I I'm glad I didn't go. I'm glad I got to sit from the comfort of my own home, but, um, or mom and dad's house for that matter. But it was, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah. No. Um, what else is going to say? Uh, interesting thing. 
So you have Oregon State three and zero, Washington three and zero, Washington State three and zero, and Oregon two and one only lost to Georgia. So the four Northwest teams, eleven and one. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. How about how about Cal and Stanford? Um, they're both not very good. Okay. What'd you say? Cal's at zero and three. I think they're one and two. Okay. I'll look here. But I saw something that said that um, Washington State and Oregon State hadn't both started 3-0 and since 1918 or something like that, 1915. It had been over 100 oh, years. T- t- together, both of them. Yeah, both of them started okay. out 3-0 and in, in like 100 years. So Stanford's 1-1 one and one and Cal is 2-1. and one. Okay. So Stanford already had a bye? Uh yeah. And they've already had a conference game. Okay. So they've only played one non conference game? So far, yeah. Because remember they play Notre Dame. Yeah. And that always kind of screws things up. Gotcha. But anyways, yeah. So uh but I thought they looked good. I know people have been worried about the special teams. Now I would say the the kick return for a touchdown, that sucked. Um, and mm-hmm. you need to clean that up. I know people have been worried about Everett Hayes. He missed a PAT first one he's ever missed. He'd hit 102 straight or something like that. And then I know he's also missed a couple field goals, but I know he's been battling a, uh, some kind of injury. So there is a little bit of reason behind that. That's why they brought the other kid into kick. So understand that other guy that's kicking isn't, uh, the normal starter. So we do need Hayes gotcha. to get better, but I don't I don't think there's as much um, worry about special teams as I think a lot of people are having. That's my personal opinion. Everybody gets hypersensitive to things. Well, yeah. So it, it, it kind of sucked, but like I said, the, the miss PAT was Hayes was hurt. Miss field goal probably because Hayes was hurt. But, you know, the Beavs also had a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, beautifully so, done. Yeah, so you got to say something there. Um, but, yeah um, – I, I thought we, Montana State would put up a little bit more of a fight, but Oregon State really just ran over them. And, man, their Oregon State receivers were running free downfield. I, well, I was just going to say, you know, our, our offense, we just seem to have such a multi-prong approach than we've ever had before. And that's what you want. Yeah. No, so you, you they don't have to key. They can't key on just one guy. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fun to see that. You know, I, I was talking to Dad about uh, junior college transfers. And I feel like um, Smith has done a really good job of filling in a lot of holes with, with a lot of JC transfers. No, they're not even just JCs. Uh, I mean, like Treshawn Harrison's from Florida or Florida State. Okay. Well, yeah. So just, well, transfers in general then. Yeah. Um, and it, it reminded me a lot of um, Erickson. I felt he did that a lot when he was coaching. Yeah. Yeah. So. But no, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a great game. They went out and did what they needed to do. And uh, 3-0, and can't get much better than that. Now you got to go down and face, uh, play, get ready to play USC. It's going to be a hell of a good game on Saturday. Yep. So I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm anxious for it. I won't say I'm optimistic. I'm anxious. So. Well, Beach, let's talk. It, it'll be two, be two good teams. Yep, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. Everybody moved up a little bit this week. USC moved up to number seven. 
Utah up to number 13, Oregon up to number 15, Washington jumped into the AP poll at number 18, and Wazoo and Oregon State are in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA, how did why why did Washington jump up so much? Because they're three and zero. Okay, where were they at before? And they beat uh, Michigan State. What was Michigan State just ranked? Were they ranked? Washington wasn't in it. They jumped up to eighteen. Michigan State would have been twenty sixth now, so they're just outside the pool. So. And they're actually still ranked in the uh, coaches' poll at 21. So in the coaches' poll, USC is up to 7, Utah 14, Oregon 18, and Washington at 24, with Oregon State and Washington State in the others receiving votes category. Hmm. So I, I know people worry about about uh, rankings. Rankings don't matter. You know what matters? Wins. Mm-hmm. If you win, your ranking will go up. If you lose, mm-hmm. your ranking will go down. So just yeah. win. Who cares yeah. about ranking? Yeah. I was going to say, if you win, you got to go to a better bowl game. If you lose, you won't. Yeah, so just win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I always go back to my favorite line from uh, uh, Friday Night Lights. You know, if they get more points on the board than we do at the end of the game, they we lose. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. It's like... It's like you know, basic premise. I, I got what the hell is his quote on that? Uh, um, uh, shoot. Um, yeah. It, do you Friday, remember that one? Friday Billy? Night Lights. Yeah, it was. Uh, what's his quote? Oh. Yeah, I can't find it. Oh, dang it. If it comes to me, I'll, I'll bring it up next next week. You ever listen to that soundtrack from that movie? It's a fantastic soundtrack. Hmm. I'm more of a fan of. Uh... Oh, what's the other football movie? Uh, with James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. I oh, don't want first, your first, life. Varsity blues. blues. I love that one, yeah. All right, Beach. It is now oh, okay. time for, speaking of music, it is now time for the musical interlude of the week, and you are making the pick today. I am making the pick. You know what's funny is I, I picked the same song, and I was thinking about this song before, but the White House actually picked this same song and had the artist sing it so they could celebrate the ill-named, uh, uh, what, uh, inflation, what, what's the, what do they call the bill? The Anti-Inflation Bill? Inflation Reduction Act. Reduction Act with the deflating, uh, preventing inflation. In fact, it'll probably exacerbate it. But... Uh, they had James Taylor come to the White House at taxpayer expense to serenade the president and the vice president to celebrate the idea that they're spending trillions of dollars to try to stop inflation, which is absolutely the contradiction of stopping inflation. But anyway, um, the song that uh, James Taylor sang is called Fire and Rain, and it has the song Fire or the name Fire in the song. So that's why I picked it. Um, do you know much about this song, Billy? I hate this song, Beej. You hate this song? Yeah, I know. It's about his dead girlfriend. No, it's not a girlfriend. It's a friend. Whatever. I don't care. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, I'm picking it anyway. I'm in a little bit of a folk mood. So, because you didn't like my other one I was going to pick anyway by the Bloodhound Gang. So, to hell with you. Um, So, Fire and Rain is a song written, performed by James Taylor, and released in August of 1970. Um, 
the song follows Taylor's reaction to the suicide of Suzanne Schnurr, a childhood friend, and his experiences with drug addiction and fame. Uh, after its release, Fire and Rain peaked at number two on RPM's Canada Top Singles Chart and at number three on the Billboard Hot uh, 100. Uh, on the VH1 series Storytellers, Taylor said the song was about several incidents during his early recording career. The second line, Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you, refers to Suzanne Schnur, a childhood friend of his who died by suicide while he was in London, England, recording his first album. In that same account, Taylor said he had been in a deep depression after the failure of his new band, The Flying Machine, to come together. And The Flying Machine was actually... Uh, him and Paul McCartney and Peter Asher, I believe. Um, and so that's why uh, the, the one of the lines in the song goes, sweet dreams and flying machines in pieces on the ground is a reference to the band that never came together. The In 2005 interview uh, on NP, you there? Yep. Solar Flare. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so anyway, he did an interview on NPR and he said the first part was about Taylor's friend and uh, his friends at home actually didn't tell him that she had committed suicide for six months because they didn't want it to uh, cause him problems while he was over in London. And uh, anyway, I thought it was uh, interesting. Another part here, uh, Carol King played the piano on the song. Uh, drummer Russell Kenkel used uh, brushes rather than sticks on the drum kit, and Bobby West played the double bass uh, to give the song a little bit more of a melancholy sound. But what's interesting is King stated that her song, You've Got a Friend, uh, which Taylor recorded, was a response to the line in the refrain that I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So anyway... Billy's hatred of this song, I tend to like it, uh, but here you go. This is Fire and Rain by James Taylor. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song I just can't remember who to send it to I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down upon me, Jesus You gotta help me make a stand You just got to see me through another day my body's aching and my time is at hand I won't make it any other way Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain 
sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Time, my back turned towards the sun. Lord knows when the cold wind blows, it'll turn your head around. Well, there's hours of time on the telephone line to talk about things to come. Sweet dreams and flying machines in pieces on the ground. Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you, baby One more time again now Thought I'd see you one more time again there's just a few things coming my way this time around now. Thought I'd see you, thought I'd see you right And Billy, you're going to make some sarcastic comment. I'm waiting for it. Nope, that was a song. <laughs> This is this is the same reason why Bill never calls his his wife's pet dogs by their name. He simply calls it dog. You can tell he doesn't like something. He just it was a song, Beach. It was a song. Yeah. There was music, there was lyrics. It's a song. Anyway, well, I, I like I said, I I kind of you know when I was younger, I really didn't like seventies music, and now as I've gotten older, I'm kind of into seventies again right now. Oh, so basically you're turning into a pussy. I am turning into a pussy. What the <laughs> hell's wrong with me? So. Uh... All right, Beach. Well, we're going to wrap up the show today talking about the USC game coming up on Saturday. So kickoff is set for 630, which it's... means we will be tailgating till 530. 730 or 7 o'clock till 530. Correct. And what we're, what is on the menu? It is now. I was just telling. I just texted a friend about this. I said other people say people who don't go to the Heinrich Tailgater will call it the USC game. People who come to the Heinrich Tailgater will call it Cheesesteak Day. Cheesesteak Day. That's right. Doing <laughs> cheesesteaks. And and for many many people, it's their favorite game of the season. Yeah, or one of two because we usually do yes. cheesesteaks twice. Yes, we do. Yes, we do because they're so popular and they're so good. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty excited about it myself. Oh, I might even have two. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably start get cheesesteaks going since we'll go till 530. Probably get them ready by about one. Probably. Uh, we have our one buddy who uh, is he still in the audiovisual group? Do we need to have a do we need to have a, a cheesesteak ready for him to take to the crew? Um, if he calls, yeah, we can get we can get him ready to go. Okay, make so, sure he gives us an email or a phone call. And I'm getting the I'm getting the good rolls again. Okay, good. Those are good. Going to get good rolls. And uh, we've got Wiz, we've got Provolone, we've got Cheddar, 
Um, we'll do any our pepper, was that? any pepper jack or just provolone? And um, I haven't gone uh, to the store, but I can see if there's some pepper jack. Would you like me to get some pepper jack? Yeah, I might add a little bit. I mean, you know, do the. Have we ever done four types of cheeses on a cheesesteak before? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Right. And then uh, we'll have all the usual deep fried stuff. I'll do veggies and chips and all that kind of stuff. Anything else you want to see out there? Cheesesteaks um, is kind of the big thrust of it all. Yeah, I mean, really, that that makes everybody happy. Everything else is just gravy on top. Yeah. So, we uh, hopefully some people bring some desserts. I think we're gonna need some desserts this week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So hopefully we don't usually plan desserts. So hopefully, uh, hopefully some of our fans can can bring some cookies. Well, maybe should I make cookies? Oh, you want to? Did you want to bring it? You want to do cookies on the Traeger? We could do cookies on the Traeger. They usually right, go pretty let's, well. Let's do that. We'll do cookies on the Traeger. We can maybe do those disappearing hocus pocus marshmallow things. No. <laughs> okay. No. That's too okay. much. That's right. too much work to do out there. Okay. Can we do more than just uh, chocolate chip? Do they have snickerdoodle in those cookie things? I'll see what I can find. Okay. See what you can find. Let's look for a variety. Maybe I'll get or, some pumpkin spice and, and, and you can just be in a, the words of maybe I'll just get in, pumpkin in the, spice and you can do be a basic bitch over there. There you go. I was going to say, Billy, I would like to be like El Guapo and I would like a plethora, a plethora, a plethora. What is a plethora? <laughs> oh, El Guapo, I don't know. You are so much smarter than me. <laughs> Uh, another one that people probably aren't going to get. Oh, one of the greatest movies of all time. And it doesn't get any kind of kudos today. Nope. It was so good. <laughs> you shot the invisible man. No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Any other thing to add, Beach? Uh, we can sew. You can sew. <laughs> anything else to add? Oh, um, I've got, I, you know, there's another one. We should see if anybody will message us and send us an email on what referencing what we're referencing right now. Um, no, I've got Kyle nothing will other... know. Kyle will know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but but we don't care about Kyle. Oh, um, shoot! You know what we haven't done? We haven't talked about previewing uh, week four yet. Man, I am all over the place. Oh my God, what's wrong with us? Yeah, tonight? you know what? Because we jumped out of order. Because of the, uh, of the Tommy Tupper ducks. Because because the freaking ducks. Exactly. It, it's, the it's, bitch is always it, screwing everything up. Screwed up my order. So we beach. We actually have to talk about week number four in the Pac-12. Let me get my thing out. We never wrote down anything. We didn't do anything. I didn't read Kyle's email. Oh my god. Jeez, What's I'm wrong broke. with us tonight? I need to go to oh, bed. Yeah, okay, totally. beach. A, so ten. So all of the games are on Saturday. <laughs> Looks like we've got six games. First okay. up, UCLA at Colorado. UCLA at Colorado. I'm taking UCLA. Uh, me too, but I mean, I still hate bitch tits. I'd like to make that put that on the record, okay? Yeah, all I know is if he loses to uh, Carl Durrell at, at Colorado, he's going to be in trouble. All right. When, why, why haven't they fired him yet? Uh, probably because they don't have the money. So Kyle says, I wish Bits Titch would coach a losing game, but the buffs aren't good enough. So he's taking UCLA also. What, what if we had the trifecta this week? UCLA loses, Oregon loses, Oregon State wins. Wouldn't be a bad idea. 
Oh, my God. Okay, next up, number 15, Oregon at Washington State. Oregon at Wazoo. You know what? I'm picking Wazoo. Uh, it's up at the Palouse. I think they got a good shot at this one. Okay. Kyle says, I wish the Cougs, Cougs could do it, but I don't think they'll be able to stop duck running game. Ducks. I'm going to take Wazoo. Wazoo always gives the Ducks problems. Mm-hmm. Always gives them problems. All right. Next up, Arizona at Cal. Hmm. It's like the difference between poop and a turd. Um, Kyle, dang, that's a toughie. Um, Well, Kyle says the patchouli vapors confuse and scare Arizona. Cal wins. hmm. I will go with Cal. Oh, okay. So am I. Next up, number 13, Utah at Arizona State. I'm taking the Utes. Utah. Kyle says, Q and Wilson, Hermless, Hermless. That's all I got. I'm no Al Yankovic, who I saw last week. Utah. Turns out Wildcats, Wildcats can lose without Herm. He's all screwed up. He means Arizona State. He means the Sun Devils can lose without him. He was well. He was he was he was hanging drywall. That's all day what I was gonna there, say. He? He's been hanging drywall all day. <laughs> He's all screwed up. But I'm pretty impressed. He went and saw Weird Al Yankovic. That's pretty awesome. Yep. All right. So we're I've been all... one to I've been one I've been one to see that uh, little documentary on him, uh, starring a Harry Potter kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see that too. All right. So I too, I'm taking Utah. Up next, Stanford at Washington. Ooh, I think uh, I think the Huskies are gonna thump Stanford. Okay, Kyle says Washington will continue to surprise Huskies, and then he just says Beavers. I too am taking you, Dub. Looks like we're all taking basically the same thing this week. Oh, he took Oregon. All right, and uh, yeah, I think the Beavers have a good shot. They're gonna have to play a hell of a game. Last I saw, USC was favored by six and a half. Okay, so that's not bad. No, but the Beavers are gonna continue need to continue doing what they're doing, and um, uh to create turnovers they're gonna have to be perfect yep they've done really well of creating turnovers and the last two weeks not turning the ball over so mm-hmm. they need to do that again we will see what happens yep. yep all right anything else to add beach nope it's it's uh let's hope for a perfect week let's let uh, get early to make sure you we don't run out of cheesesteaks and um i got 30 pounds of steaks uh, is that normal? That's normal, isn't it? That's quite a bit. So. Okay. That's quite a bit. And I'll probably just cook it all up first like we did last time. I thought that worked pretty yeah, well. Yeah, that did work out really well. So cook it all up like three quarters, and that way I can just finish the up. Mm-hmm. All right. Perfect. Anything else to add? Uh, got nothing. All right. Well, beeps. All right. Well, until Saturday, and hopefully a win over USC with some tasty cheesesteaks. Here's a great big Go Beavs.
There we go. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, son of a bitch wouldn't uh, let me call you. I've got you blocked. Is that what it is? Yeah, because you're an asshole. Well, I am an asshole. There's no arguing that. <laughs> I have a no assholes policy. That's eh, a good policy to have. Mm-hmm. You're right. I try to have a no dipshits policy, but we all know that's failed, apparently. I see. Okay. Must be hard to sleep with yourself, then. Uh What are you doing? What am I what? What are you eating? It's like we're having some kind of Foley contest over here. <laughs> what the hell is that? Do you know what it is? It sounds like you're eating a chip. Nope. Is it something I should know? I don't know. Are you are you scratching your ass? <laughs> no, here, I'm going to put another one in my mouth, right? I don't want to know what you put in your mouth. That's between my teeth. I'm going to bite into it. Oh, a Jolly Rancher? No. Hmm. A Dorito? I like Doritos. No, you wouldn't like these. You ready? You want me to tell you what it is? You ready? Are you there? I'm ready. Okay. It is an M&M. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's an M&M egg. Oh, okay. You know the ones that I like are the ones that look like little robin's eggs from Casbury? Yeah, that's kind of what these you know, look the like. Freckles on them. Yeah, that's what these are. But they're M and M's. Okay. But I didn't think you liked chocolate that much. I'm not a big fan, but I do like the Cadbury ones on occasion. But I'd just like do one. We just had. Yeah. I haven't had chocolate. I haven't had chocolate in forever, though. Yeah, I just. You, I now I eat three because I ate one and then I ate another one to show you and then I just popped one more in my mouth. Just leftover Easter candy. Gotcha. Tell you can tell how long candy sits around in our house. Mm-hmm. Are, are you recording? Because that's always the concern. Yes, I am. I got Kyle's stuff. All right. Now, I know there was something you wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do that. We're, I'm thinking we're going to do it after my update from Eugene. Is your update from Eugene concern it? Yes. Okay. It, it's a it's a good segue. Okay, actually, actually, then we might do your update from Eugene. Then I might roll it into my jackass, jackass of, of the week. week, and then we'll do it. Okay. Because I think they'll all touch on each other. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna do a lot of touching. Yeah. I like touching. Don't touch me. Oh. <laughs> you sounded so sad there. <laughs> I almost spit took. I was taking a drink of water and that damn near came out my nose. Did you hear it? Yeah. Where I was like, oh, you know what I like about this, about doing this kind of topic? 
is it's very eclectic. You know? Sure. It kind of shows our, our, our... Well, no, I mean, you know, it's not like all hard rock. It's not all this. It's it's kind of a, a variety. I like hard rock. I do, too. But I also like a little bit of variety. Sometimes you want some random strange once in a while. I always say that to Jess, and she gets mad. Uh, yeah. She goes, she goes. I hate that term. I go, what? Getting some strange? She goes, like, don't say that. <laughs> it's just funny. It is funny. I love the word. I use it a lot in my conversations. <laughs> I find <laughs> it funny. Mm-hmm. All right. Like trying to find, like trying to find a, a date to go with me to the uh, to the Beaver Games. Like I'm just looking for some random strange. Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. All right, you ready to do this? As ready as I'll ever be. Right, let me get one more sip of water. Well, you know what I just discovered? What? Only one of my headphones works. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for that, Billy. Oh, by, by me doing my water sound? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, I pulled off the one side, I went to my left ear, and there's nothing coming out of my left earphone. Hmm. I really need to go on Amazon and buy another another microphone. Probably. All right. All right. You ready? <clears throat> ready. Yep, let's do this, shiz. Can you hey, hear me? Yeah, you just there's a delay. Is there a solar flare? No, yeah, there's a there's every once in a while you go into a delay. I can kind of tell when it's happening. So, All right. okay. Yeah, changing things up, man. It threw me off all over the place. Yeah, yeah, our flow is a little bit off, but yeah. you know, it makes it fun. Yeah, I kept going. What like, the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened here? Yep. <laughs> I like beer. <laughs>